Welcome to Leadership. Don't forget where you came from. How could I? Uh, my name is Haas Tompkinson. Been in fire and EMS for 28 years um, and still going. Uh, this is a, a new endeavor and hopefully uh, you find something useful in this. I hope to tell part uh, my story and then some lessons learned. And with that, I uh, hope to keep these short so that uh, they don't take long to listen to, but hopefully have something to offer. So to begin with, where do you begin to tell an adventure that began 28 years ago and have it carry the same passion and enthusiasm it did during the event? Throughout my career, I've watched people promote and move up the ladder, including myself. One thing that struck me as odd was the expression of, don't forget where you came from. The reason that I found it odd was that I didn't completely understand what they were really asking. Was it, don't forget that we are buddies when things aren't going very well for me? Or make sure you listen to, to me when uh, what I want done, I want pushed up? My underlying thought was always, how can I forget any of the years that had brought me to the point that I am at in my career? The years leading up to where I was had shaped me into becoming the person that I am. There was nothing to say that there wasn't more to, of growth ahead, but in the moment, what was the most important was not to forget the things that had led me to be who I am. My hope is moving forward is that I can tell you how each experience shaped who I am, for good and for bad. What's held me back and what has propelled me fo forward? Important is to how did it begin? You always have to remember how did you get where you're at and what propelled you forward in the first place? In the fall of 1993, I was married, had three children, and didn't have a clue what my career path would be. I'd gained some experience growing up on a farm and knew a lot about operating heavy machinery, but that was about the limit to my experience. After we got married, I'd worked in manufacturing where I'd met some people who were part-time EMTs in the area. When my oldest was four years old, he had been battling bronchitis and a family member suggested an herbal remedy that might help. He had taken many small pills like Sudafed, Benadryl, things with that without any problems. However, the capsule that had the herb in it was much larger. So when it come time to take it before bedtime, he decided he was not going to take it. The problem was, the pill was still in his mouth. I couldn't get him to swallow it, and I couldn't get him to get it out. As he got more agitated, he took a deep breath, and it sounded like a vacuum sucking up a quarter. Just like that, he was in full, a full choking episode. I had some CPR training with my work, so I performed abdominal thrusts until he became unresponsive. I called 911 and my wife went to get dressed since we were preparing for bed. The dispatcher started giving me instructions and I would say, I already did that and it's not working. My wife came in after what seemed like an eternity and at that time we were on the floor and we had started full CPR on our four-year-old son. A knock at the door. Oh, great. Someone is here to help. It was a police officer and he asked if this is 
the house where the choking was. I told him yes, and he ran off. What? This is the guy that's supposed to come help me. In actuality, he was going to make sure the ambulance knew where to come. As I got back to my son's side, I could smell the ingredients of the capsule and knew that it had started to dissolve. I gave him a deep, a big breath and got the obstruction to go down. At that time, the medics walked in the door as soon as my son took his first breath in over seven long minutes. He didn't immediately gain consciousness, and I was able to ride in the back of the ambulance with him to the hospital. My first real ride in an emergency vehicle that I could remember. My son completely recovered, and I was hooked. I wanted to know more. I wanted to know what to do if anything like that happened again. I found the next available EMT class and I enrolled myself, paying the tuition out of my own pocket. What an experience. How do I forget that? I became a certified EMT in the spring of 1994 and my quest was on to find a department to work for. I finally was hired as a, a volunteer firefighter EMT just a few months later. I had always loved the TV show Emergency. For the younger generation, if you don't know the show, you better Google it. And this felt like this is what I wanted to do with my life and where I wanted to go. The adrenaline rush of just being on the department was crazy. I received a radio pager and was told to just show up when it went off. And if the rig hadn't left, just jump on a fire or a medical and go see what I could do to help. It was like sitting on a coiled spring just waiting for that first call. I remember it very well. It was a Saturday morning when it happened. A loud beeping noise followed by dispatch giving information about the emergency. It was for a possible broken leg out in an off-road area of our district. I'm pretty sure I might have bent some of the traffic laws while I was going to the station which was a couple of miles away and I was lucky enough to catch the ambulance before it left. My head was spinning as we hurried down through town, lights flashing, sirens blazing. I, I just couldn't explain the feeling, but many of you know that same feeling because you had it also. To tell you the truth, um, I can't remember a whole lot about that incident other than we arrived and I wasn't any help at all. I just watched as the crew took care of the patient. She had a twisted ankle in the, that she had done in the sand as she was getting out of vehicle and it was swollen. And she couldn't walk in it. That's about it. But my interest was fully involved at that time. I immediately enrolled in every possible training the department would allow me to go to. Within three months, I was an intermediate EMT, defibrillator certified and IV certified. Now it all comes with the advanced EMT certification, but back then it was piece by piece. I soon found out that those teaching my original EMT class had had never had been out of action for quite a while because I was seeing things and doing things that they said would never happen. I was finally on a regular call schedule and ran with a regular crew that consisted of a couple of guys that had been on the department for over 15 years. One evening, one of those never going to happen calls came out. The bell rang and dispatch reported, respond to a woman in labor. 
We arrived on scene to find a woman in full labor and her water broken. I asked one of the veterans if they were going to check for crowning, which is when the baby's head is showing. Nope, you're the patient, man, was the reply, and we were more than 30 minutes from the hospital. We decided to load and go to see if we could make it. Halfway to the hospital, a patient exam showed the baby was crowning and delivery was imminent. We pulled the ambulance over to the side of the freeway and prepared for the birth. Picture this. The two guys that had been there for 15 years with the most experience were at the patient's head and wanting nothing of it. The probie, me, was left on my own. Catcher's mitts on, ready to go. We were all the same level of certification, so I couldn't back down, and I didn't have a choice. I delivered my first baby on the side of the road of the freeway. Congratulations, ma'am. You have a healthy baby boy. To this point, what were my lessons learned? One, be hungry for learning. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to improve. Two, never leave your probate proby to do the hard things on their own. That is not mentoring. Find ways to teach after a call or leading out to show what you want done. Having the new guy or gal fail is not teaching. It's neglect. Thank you for being involved with my first episode. I hope you join me for more to come.